Hey guys, welcome to another episode. I'm your host, Leah Babuti, and I'm here today with my good friend, Alan. We met in college, and I literally survived my first year because of her. So today, we're going to talk about Alan's battle with Crohn's disease and how cannabis has changed her life. So Alan, can you tell us when you found out about your Crohn's and how it impacted you? Thank you for having me. Um, So I was actually diagnosed with Crohn's at a very young age. I was five. I was in kindergarten when I found out. It was a crazy day. I remember it really well, honestly. Um, I started like shaking really violently in the middle of my kindergarten class. And when I got down to the nurse's office, no matter how many blankets they put around me, I wouldn't stop. I just shook around like a wind-up toy, basically. (laughs) And um, within the month, I was diagnosed um, with Crohn's and started treatments. And it changed my life. And it was very, very uncommon, I think, for someone that young to be diagnosed with Crohn's, which is a chronic disease that usually takes a very long time to, you know, show symptoms. Mm -hmm. So how did it make you feel on a daily basis? What were your symptoms? Honestly, it's a lot of stomach cramps and pains that move about because it is your entire gastro system that mm-hmm. is affected by this. And um, it came with some lightheadedness, too. Um, I get arthritis-like pains. Like I, oh, really? I'm very like near arthritis and pain a lot of my joints. I get Crohn's? joint inflammation. Crohn's gives you, like, joint? I didn't know that. Yeah, it can give you joint inflammation. It can cause... Um, other type like the um, the medications I take, the immunosuppressant medications, mm-hmm. can um, cause me to get infections a lot more easily. Right. So I have to be very careful. If I get a cut or a scrape, wash it immediately, put a bandaid on, don't take or it off until it's healed. Or else it gets really bad. Exactly. I have witnessed what yeah. she has gone through at school. Oh yes. Yeah. School was a struggle. When I went to college, I developed a skin infection that would not go away no matter how much. I did for it, and I had to unfortunately withdraw from school. Yeah. It was one of the hardest things really I've hard. ever done. Yeah, I mean, what are you gonna do when it's something is like stopping you from, you know, doing your life? Exactly. Like it must be very hard. Really, yeah, that was a really big thing for me to go through. Yeah. So, what were your methods to relieve those symptoms you were experiencing? So I, um, when I first was diagnosed, we tried every natural method that we could, which involved a lot of dieting. I was on the SCD for a while, which is the specific carbohydrate diet. Mm. That cut out a lot of things from my diet, um, mainly just avoid monopolysaccharides, which are big found, word. <laughs> yeah, big <laughs> word. Found a lot of sugars, um, and that kind of, um, you know, I feel like it, it stole something from me as a kid because oh, imagine being, you know, six, seven years old on a birthday diet. party on a diet. They're like, you know, do you want some birthday cake? I'm like, no, I'm good with carrots. Thank you, though. <laughs> um, I'll just sit here with my carrots and vinaigrette <laughs> I, I made myself. <laughs> I can't even imagine how hard that is for that, how hard that was for you because even now I'm like, okay, I'm not going to eat like certain foods or I'm not going to have dairy and I can't even do it. Mm-hmm. I can't stop myself. I'm just like, Oh, it works out. I, I work out like I'll be fine. But then like I break out or something. So that must have been very hard. For well, you. a million and one props to my mother who kept all the good food for me in the house and really put me into that kind of setting where I wasn't really tempted by 
all these things that kids like to indulge in, like mm-hmm. pudding and cookies and whatnot. Like I, I didn't really have those around. Like I had pineapple in my dessert, you know. Right. And that was and that was good for me. Yeah. And honestly, like I appreciate her because that diet did a lot for me. And um, but like as I got on in years, I that that kind of wore off, and I was like, okay, I can manage these symptoms without the help of the diet anymore. Mm-hmm. And you got um, used to it. Exactly. Yeah. And I have um for the past I think eight-ish years, been getting uh, infusions. So I have uh, Remicade infusions every five to seven weeks, I think it was. And um, so you go in and you sit down and you get an IV in your arm medication for like two and a half hours, basically. Oh, and, awesome. um Yeah, and then you go home and you're so tired afterwards. It is the most draining thing oh, to I sit bet. in the chair for two and a half hours. Oh. Believe it or not, yeah. Um, and so that was uh, really helpful, and it kind of gave me a lot of symptoms because sometimes when you start these immunosuppressant uh, medications, your body's like, whoa, this yeah. is different. And I got um, things like psoriasis from that. I developed psoriasis, and uh, that was due to the Remicade. But we also countered that with another medication, and you know, that balanced itself out. Mm. As of so right many now, side yeah. effects, like these exactly. drugs but at the same time like what are you going to do you need to take them exactly exactly yeah. yeah and um as as of right now i'm actually doing at home injections so myself i'm doing the injections wow. into my own body and let me tell you it is the most you know turmoil inducing thing to mm. <laughs> have to stab yourself in the oh. leg you're like do i do, it? do I not oh. it's like going against every instinct right and um but that's it's actually been working really well for me um, and that, coupled with my um, my use of cannabis since high school, I think, has been really, really helpful in managing my symptoms and my appetite and has honestly given me a lot of what I feel like I was robbed of as a kid, you know? Mm-hmm. So you started cannabis in high school. How did you find out about it? I was honestly, since a young age, in an environment where I was encouraged to, you know, try new things and where, um, you know, I, I wasn't really suppressed in any venture that I decided to take. Um, of course, you learn about uh, weed and cannabis from the dare line when you come to your school. And you know, Don't smoke. Exactly. You're, you're kind of, you know, damning it for your entire adolescence until you get to a point where you're like, okay, I want to see what this is all about, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how I feel like it starts for everybody. It's a, it's a social thing. And you try it because you want to see what it is before you go to college, you know, yeah. where you're going to be a lot more pressured into doing it. Um, so, like, so I started it in high school and it was just a social thing. And I did start it with the knowledge that it would be potentially helpful for my mm-hmm. disease. Like I, like I said, was in an environment where, you know, things like this weren't really discouraged. So I was knowledgeable about it. Um, That's good. And, uh, as I started using it more and more with my friends who were also into it, um, I realized that I genuinely feel better after yeah. <laughs> using it. And I felt hungry again. And at this point in my life, I was not in a good spot, mm. like nutrition-wise. Mm-hmm. I was gaunt in the face. I was skin and bones. My hair was getting dry. My nails mm-hmm. were getting dry. It was not a cute look. And... I was honestly desperate, and this gave me a lot of my appetite back. 
that kind of gave me, you know, that oomph again, because when you have Crohn's, you're already lacking so much, like, nutrition absorption. Mm -hmm. And the fact that I was able to kind of pull myself together with the help of weed and get my appetite back and give myself, like, the nutrition I needed. Right. It was kind of like a miracle, honestly. What other parts of your life did it affect besides giving you your hunger back? It gave me a lot of my positivity back, honestly, because yeah. having dealt with Crohn's for so long, it really does wear on you. I you bet. feel the same things imagine. all the time, and you don't always know how to deal with them without like the proper experience. Mm -hmm. And it does weigh on you. And honestly, just getting my positivity back and like having something to look forward to and being able to be like, oh, I can go out to dinner with you guys, <laughs> you know, like something like that. Things that I used to avoid because I knew I was going to be so sick. Mm -hmm. And so it's really, it's been such a positive thing, honestly. And that's why I'll never understand the stigma against it. Right. People are not educated about cannabis at all. Mm -hmm. And then they just judge it. They, they like open oh. their mouths, man. <laughs> they For open real. their mouths. Yeah, they always do. So now, do you always need cannabis to eat? I think that I have, with age, learned how to manage some of my symptoms without the use of weed. Um, but it definitely is something I do on a daily basis where I am using it for most meals. I'm using it to uh, get over any cramping or um, any nausea that I have. Mm -hmm. um, the lightheadedness I get from Crohn's sometimes where it's just like a flush of um, pain to like a, a certain section. It's oh. just, it leaves you like kind of, yeah, it just leaves you kind of lightheaded almost. It'll help with that. I'll, it'll kind of ground me again in a way. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, those are, that's kind of how it like plays into my, my symptoms. And it's, um, yeah, so it has become a very important thing. I don't think I could go a day without it. Yeah, I don't blame you. <laughs> Who would want to after this plant can do so much and help all your symptoms? Like, exactly. why would you not want to use it? And I know a lot of people don't know about this, like, why cannabis gets you hungry. But it's this is, like, a really cool thing I read, that in mice, THC actually fits into receptors in the brain's olfactory bulb, which is the place that processes smells. And that significantly mm -hmm. increases the animal's ability to smell food and leads them to eat more of it. So we basically get the munchies because we can smell and taste food better. Oh, my gosh. Right? I didn't know that. I didn't know that either. But now that I'm thinking about it, like, I could just smell a bag of weed, I think, and be like, I want some more tinchy. You know, like, something like, like, it's just so, it's such a reaction that I get because you know that it's, you know, going to make you feel good, like, good, you know? Yeah. Because you're just like... It's almost the anticipation. It's like, oh, I'm gonna smell. Yes, I'm gonna great. Yes, I'm gonna be hungry. Yeah. And it, it's such a natural thing because it's our literally already inside you. Yeah, our brains typically produce endogenous cannabinoids that fit into those same receptors that cannabis cannabinoids do. It just enhances the urge to eat by mimicking the endogenous cannabinoid activity. So they're literally just doing the same exact process, but you're adding in those cannabinoids instead of like just your body producing them. It's doing the same thing. It is so natural. That is, and I, it is mind blowing. It's so mind blowing. Mind -blowing. A lot of people don't know this. And I, I wish they did because they believe 
people believe weed is poison and they don't realize that it's doing the same exact thing your body's doing. I mean, the the THC is a little different. Like, it's gonna, yeah, yeah, that's gonna, like, you know, (laughs) make you high. But CBD, for example, it gives you all those medicinal benefits and doesn't get you high. So, Mm -hmm. if you're interested, try that. (laughs) So, Alan, do you have certain strains that you always buy or do you just smoke any flower? I'm a very general smoker, if I'm going to be honest. I feel like that's kind of the, like, been made kind of a thing to almost be ashamed of. I feel like people are like, oh, you're it. You just smoke anything, don't you? <laughs> I'm just like, well, yeah, but I do genuinely love Grand Iver. Oh, that's my favorite. I know you and I have bonded over that one. We love. have bonded, yeah. Yeah. In the cuts. They just hit different. And, uh, yeah, I feel like sometimes I have to watch what I buy when I know that I'll be using it throughout the day, mm-hmm. just because you and I both know that an indica can kind of make you groggy. Oh, yeah. And um, you kind of have to, like, plan out, well, I'm in, like, a good headspace to, like, use this if I'm going to be doing stuff all day. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's, I feel like, the only time where I'll really, like, watch which which side I pick in the sativa, but, I mean, everything's I have these days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, I heard that um, it's good to shop for the experience, like get to know your strain instead of focusing if it's an indica or sativa, because basically everything's a hybrid now. Um, I don't know where you can get pure right, yeah. indica or sativa. Now. Everything's just bred together at this point. Exactly. Well, all through um, high school, I knew someone who grew um, red diesel, which has Ooh. become such a favorite of mine. You know, and they, it was like an outdoor grow, and I'd help trim, and then I'd get some for free. Oh, <laughs> it yeah. It was a pretty good setup, honestly. And and that, like, natural stuff from the outside, that stuff's really good. Yeah. I, I need to learn how to grow. Like, I don't know. Well, I tried, but I have died. <laughs> Did I not tell you? No. Oh, yeah. Oh. She passed away, unfortunately. Oh. When? Like, a couple weeks before Halloween, I think. Did you even get to use anything? Yeah, no, I, I got like the top okay, the top part of it off, and that was fine. It was full of seeds because she was a like, at that point. Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh, I still calls her Chrysanthemum. That was her name, Chrysanthemum. I played yeah. her the Smiths every morning with my coffee. What kind of name is that? Like, where did you pop that out? <laughs> so, have you never read that book, Chrysanthemum? It's a mouse. No. Oh my god. Girl, we gotta go to the Barnes and Noble after this. <laughs> Oh my gosh. So, oh, another fun fact. So, when COVID just started, Alan told me this amazing thing. Oh, yes. Oh my gosh. Let me tell you. So, my gastroenterologist, my GI doctor, um, she mentioned to me, she said, you know, Alan, you're not really going to get the full brunt of this disease because, or this virus, because your body can't overproduce mucus to the point where you're experiencing the incubation of the virus. This doesn't, however, does not mean that I can't still carry it, which is why you got to get tested at everybody. <laughs> yep, get everyone tested. gets it. <laughs> For real. And, um, you know, I really have to, like, be a mask wearer and watch who I'm hanging out with and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, because just, like, if I'm not showing the, the lung symptoms of the overproduction of mucus to the point because my, my immune system is suppressed, it won't react the same way. Right. If I'm, you know, not getting those same symptoms, when will I ever know? Exactly. And I also heard recently that it's honestly 
uh, has been showing up in young adults as GI symptoms. So you'll experience nausea, vomiting, diarrhea right. I know instead of that. the coughing symptoms. So I'm on real high alert right now, yeah. <laughs> as you can imagine. I am like panicking basically I'm like, because you already I'm feel those because I already feel those symptoms. Right. I remember like when COVID first started, like anytime I would get a cough, I have asthma. So anytime I would like cough a little bit or like feel something mm-hmm. weird, I was like, oh, I have COVID, I have COVID, I have COVID. Exactly. But, and it's a, it's a tie between not wanting to potentially expose yourself by getting tested yeah. to the people who are also getting tested mm-hmm. and also not wanting to hurt. Yeah, you know, the people around you. COVID needs COVID. to go away. COVID needs to go stay away. Stay inside, guys. Please, for the love of God. Please. We need this to end. <laughs> guys, just stay inside. Yeah. Only see, like, a few people. Yeah. For real. And get tested. Protect your family. And get tested. Please. Please. <laughs> <laughs> so, going off of that, mm-hmm. to close this off, what advice would you give to people who have Crohn's and are interested in trying cannabis? Oh, that is a good question. So... My advice would be go into it with an open mind. You can't just shoot down one path of smoking weed and expect it to be cookie cut for you. Right. You have, you know, you got joints, you got parts, you got bowls, you got bombs, you got edibles, you got oil. You have so many different ways that this could potentially work for you. And if you just try one that is not, you know, that's not really clicking as well, and you give up, then you're missing out on an opportunity for some natural healing. Right. You really are. <laughs> you got to find the best method for you. Definitely. Give it a chance. And don't get discouraged if something's not right for you. Mm-hmm. There's plenty of different ways that you could go about this. There's plenty of people that you can talk to, plenty of research that you can do. And if you are, like I was, underage when you start and you want the support of your parents, come with facts in hand. You know, get advice from people who are, you know, users and, and, um, yeah. Show, show them this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> show them her Instagram. Oh, and my Instagram yes. at can chicks podcast. If you, any, if you need any research, hit me up. I will try to find things for you mm-hmm. because everyone deserves a chance at cannabis who needs it and could benefit from it. Exactly. You know, you hearing Alan's story, like how, big of an impact cannabis had on her life that it could help you just as much with your own symptoms even if it's not Crohn's Mm -hmm. with any other thing and that's another great thing that I like about her Instagram is she'll literally do research on on an illness you don't even have yeah and how this will positively affect you and it's literally all right there on her Instagram podcast yeah and it's it literally laid out for you in like a slideshow basically. I've used it before. I've had to go into it and pull up information that I knew she had posted because she's so thorough. Oh, you are. I try. You know, I mean, the reason I do this is I want to help others with the plan. I want to educate people on things they probably don't know. I want to change people's minds of if they think cannabis is bad. Well, look at how many things it can do, like how much how many benefits it has. And people. That's the, that's the reason I'm into this. I want to change the world's minds about this plant because it's been shut down for so long. Too long. Thanks, Nixon. Crucified. <laughs> Everyone, thank you so much for listening. If you stuck till the end, please follow my Instagram. Please share this podcast. Download it. I don't know. Help support. Definitely. I really appreciate it. 
Can you follow my SoundCloud? Um, I'm anonymous on the internet. <laughs> Have a wonderful day. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for coming. Bye. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. I'm Larry Mishkin, and I'd like to invite you to join Rob Hunt and me on our weekly podcast, The Deadhead Cannabis Show. Each week, we explore the latest cannabis and jam band news and reminisce with other deadheads and jam band lovers about the great musical acts that we've seen and heard. Check out a new episode every Monday.